Spell Pancakes here and joining me tonight on the stack, I have Connor Hopkins. Uh, he's one of those damn coyotes and you can see him all across the Midwest in promotions like Zawa, First Wrestling, Journey Pro, Magnum Wrestling, Rocket Pro, Dreamwave, Pro Wrestling Battleground, and countless others. You're kind of everywhere right now. Um, so please welcome Connor Hopkins. Thank you, Val. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited to finally be on the show. Thank you. I'm so glad that you uh, wanted to hang out with me tonight and chat a little bit. And um, I know you, I've seen you a couple times in the past year or so in my area. And I, I like talking with people that are kind of new and maybe not everybody's heard of, but that are like getting themselves out there and hustling and you're doing all of that and more. And you're so much fun to watch on top of all of that. So, so excited to talk to you tonight. <laughs> oh, stop. You're too kind. You're too kind. I, uh, I'm, I'm your favorite wrestler that no one's ever heard of before. <laughs> well, I hope that, I hope that that changes because you, based on what I've seen so far, um, and just like your attitude and who you are, I feel like you could definitely go further. So. I'm very excited. <laughs> so you're welcome. So what were you like as a youth? Oh man. Uh I mean you're if, still kind of a youth. Yeah. Uh if if you ask my mom, she'll say that like when I was at school and everything, I was great model student, you know, just wonderful, so respectful to everybody, so kind. Uh, and then I would get home and I would be an absolute terror. Uh, just the most annoying child, uh, constantly in everyone's face, trying to be the center of attention. Uh, so I guess it's good to know that uh, nothing has changed. Uh, almost nothing has changed. I was like, wrestling sounds perfect for you, yes. <laughs> I believe, I remember a conversation with my mother when I was probably seven or eight, uh, where I was like, my my two career aspirations at the time were either I wanted to be an FBI agent or I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. Uh, and so I think that we found like a happy medium in wrestling. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you can still fight people and be funny. Yeah, it's great. But in a controlled environment where you're probably not going to get shot. Exactly. It's uh. If you ask, again, if you ask my parents, they hate wrestling. They do not like me wrestling, but uh, you know what? It's still the best job I ever had. Aww. So your parents do not approve of your wrestling trajectory? Well, you know, they've softened on it a little bit. Um, they, uh, they, now they'll come to shows and stuff and hang out and ask, like, you know, how I'm doing and how wrestling is going and stuff. But man, at the beginning, they were not pleased. They were not thrilled at all. My mom was like, I paid so much money for your braces and your teeth. If you get your teeth knocked out, I'm going to kill you. And I was hey, don't worry about it. I haven't had anything knocked out yet. Knock on wood. Um, and yeah, so they've kind of softened on it in the, in the following years. Good. I'm glad because I, like I said, I've seen you several times. You've kind of stuck in my mind after I leave shows because you're fun to watch, at least for me. So. Thank you. So 
when did you start training and what were some of the best things that you've learned while training? Because I know that you haven't been doing this for that long. Yeah. So I started training, um, like two weeks after I graduated high school, I graduated high school in 2017, uh, in May of 2017. So yeah, I started like in June of 2017. Uh, I was training at Zawa, um, which is a, uh, Northwestern Illinois promotion. Um, I trained with Christian Rose. Uh, he was kind of my head trainer. Um, and I think a lot of the best things that I picked up, uh, you know, just in training specifically, uh, you know, from a wrestling perspective, uh, you know, Rose, he is very much a, a no frills, no wasted movement kind of guy. Uh, so learning how to do everything in wrestling in the most efficient way, uh, while also telling a great story, um, is one of the best things like wrestling wise that I've learned. And if you watch me, you'll notice that I ape a lot of those same characteristics. Um, I steal a lot of his stuff. Um, we often like will say that we have very similar like ways that we go about wrestling. Um, so that's like one of the best things that I picked up wrestling wise, uh, life wise, you know, life skills wise. Um, wrestling is definitely something that makes you tougher mentally. Um, I, I wrestled in high school. And so like, I had that sort of like acumen for like, this is going to suck for a really long time, but you're going to be better because of it. Um, and then pro wrestling training just took that to the next level. We used to have, so at Zawa, we would train Thursdays, Fridays, and then Sundays. Um, and so I would drive 40 minutes one way to the training studio after work, Thursdays and Fridays. Uh, and then Sundays were exclusively with a local wrestler by the name of Judd the Janitor, uh, kind of a local legend in the Northwestern Illinois area. Um, fantastic dude, but also as a coach, he pushed us to our absolute limits. Um, we used to call them Juddy Sundays uh, because he would just blow us up relentlessly, like make us bear crawl like around the building type of stuff. Like it was brutal, but made you a lot stronger. Like I never wanted to quit because wrestling was the only thing I ever wanted in my life. So like, you know, having that goal and pursuing it, man, no matter what it costs. Um, yeah, I would say those are a couple of the biggest things that I remember from training now or so, which isn't a long time in the grand scheme of things, but like still in five years, it's crazy. Time flies. Well, and you know, a good, bit of that was pandemic years so those are special yeah totally yeah the pandemic was a really awful and bad time for wrestling <laughs> you know i i really like found my love of independent wrestling not from the midwest through the pandemic so it's been very interesting for me oh yeah um actually the pandemic is where i found uh, my favorite wrestling event now of all time um, yeah, it was, uh, an IWTV special in the middle of the pandemic. And what was that? May I ask? I'm so happy you asked, Val. It's not like I set you up for that or anything. <laughs> uh, my favorite wrestling event of all time. And anyone who knows me oh. that is watching or listening to this right now is absolutely going to be rolling their eyes because they know exactly what I'm about to say. My favorite wrestling event of all time is the 2004 IWA Mid-South Ted Petty Invitational. Both nights, like 
70 hours of wrestling <laughs> over two nights. Uh, it's just the best. So if you were to give out an IWTV recommendation, that would be your IWTV recommendation? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is on IWTV uh, full free. If you have the service, it's great. I always recommend it to people. Um, I am so dedicated to the fact that I uh, uh, have it on VHS. Uh, I have the way God intended us to watch it on two VHS tapes. Um, I just bought the remastered version that SmartMark Video just put out on DVD. Um, and then I also have the uh, Q&A session from the night before night one on DVD. Um, so yeah, definitely an IWTV wreck. So what about that do you like so much? Like what is, what about that makes it like your like pinnacle indie wrestling event? I, I think there's a lot of different reasons, but I think one of the primary ones is it embodies everything about the style of early 2000s indie wrestling that I love, like that hard hitting, crazy style, you know, people just proving that they can absolutely go. Um, it's the whole tournament is chock full of people who are household names now. Uh, the final, well, I won't give away the finals of the tournament, you'll have to watch, but like top to bottom it is stacked with like a who's who of wrestling even today um and on top of that i love tournaments i love tournament shows i love two night tournament shows i think they are just a special kind of um and there's i'm sorry so i'm sorry excitement. honey i'm gonna I mean, stop you, you cut out there for just a second so it was a special yeah. what i'm sorry uh it's just it, it, it was such a special event you know with all of these names and things like that and and it being a two night tournament really allows for a lot of incredible storytelling over those two nights. Um, and on top of that, okay, so it is an IWA Mid-South show. So everyone knows what they're in for, you know, it's gonna be long, real long. But like, by the time that they get to the finals of night two, those fans have watched I think like in reality, almost nine hours of wrestling over two days and they are still electric for the finals. Like the crowd is just absolutely there. I have some friends now who were in attendance then and like the last on until, you know, the last match didn't go on until one in the morning, two in the morning uh, and they were still insane for it. So yeah. It's just, it's so good. So you said that there were a lot of wrestlers in that tournament that are now household names. Like what are like the top few that you could, if, if I was coming in, mm -hmm. never having watched anything like this, what would, like what wrestlers would you say that you could see to get like me or normal people hooked? Yeah. Maybe not me. <laughs> I mean, the easiest ones are um, AJ Styles, Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, CM Punk, uh, Chris Hero, um, Claudio Castagnoli, Nigel McGuinness, uh, like Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin, um, like it is Eric Cannon. Got to plug Eric Cannon. Always. Um, it, it's, it is really just a who's who of wrestling. 
Well, um, everyone out there listening to this, go check it out. Um, if you have a weekend to kill, it sounds lengthy, but um, it also sounds very worth it with all yeah. those talents before they transitioned into larger companies with different type, different kind of TV. <laughs> yeah. So who has had the most influence on you both in wrestling and out of wrestling? And it can be different people or as many different people. Um, I think a person that has had the most influence on me in wrestling. Um, I mean, you know, obviously my trainer, Christian Rose, has had a ton of influence on me as a wrestler and just like, you know, how I carry myself, how I do promos, how I wrestle in the ring. Um, I owe a lot of, you know, myself to him. Um, going further from that, um, you know, kind of sending people, I steal a lot from uh, Jimmy Rave. Uh, I love Jimmy Rave. Um, I steal a lot from Adam Cole. Uh, Adam Cole is one of my favorites. And he's actually like part of the reason how I found indie wrestling is I found him through Ring of Honor. So like always holds a special place in my heart. Um, I think outside of wrestling, I have a lot of, you know, influences sort of like either on my style, but or as me as a person. Um, my favorite band is The Doors. Uh, and so I rip a lot from uh, Jim Morrison. Uh, you know, just kind of his mannerisms, his way of speaking, a lot of quotes of his. Um, so he's definitely had an influence on me. Um, and then honestly, a lot of it is just like my friends, you know, in wrestling and outside of wrestling, I just kind of like gauge, you know, what they're saying, especially my friends who don't really like wrestling. I know that if I can get them with something that it'll work in wrestling. Um, so yeah, they always have a lot of influence on me as well. So what has been your greatest achievement in wrestling so far? And that can be anything. It can be like, if you had like a really good feud with somebody, if you want a title, whatever greatest achievement means to you. Um, the one that sticks out to me the most, uh, as like a great achievement in wrestling is that this summer, uh, June 19th, to be exact, I'll never forget the date. Um, I got to wrestle at First Avenue on First Wrestling's Wrestlepalooza. Uh, it was my first time ever wrestling at First Ave. I'm a huge music guy. So like wrestling in the same place that Prince sold out, you know, however many times, uh, two weeks prior, uh, with my girlfriend. So like, it was really cool getting to set foot on that stage and be part of that. Um, that's, that's definitely one that sticks out to me. Um, you know, as sort of like a recent one, I would say like, as far as like a feud goes that I'm really proud of, um, uh, myself and Bucky Collins, who is another wrestler out of the Northwest Illinois area, who is just criminally underrated. Um, we had like a two year long story at Zawa, um, like spanning from, I think July of 2020 and it wrapped up in April of this year. Um, yeah, it was an incredible story and I'm very proud of the way that, especially for the live audience, like that's really all I cared about for that feud is how our dedicated fans saw it. And, and so like, 
yeah, I think we told a really good story there. Wow. I mean, especially with indie wrestling, it seems like you don't get like long-term storytelling like that, mostly because people are just in and out all the time. Mm -hmm. But um, to be able to pull something like that off, that's awesome. Also, I was really excited going to my first first show at First Ave, which was also June 19th of this year. (laughs) Oh, man. You could not wipe the smile off my face. It was so fun. Those shows are those shows are so much fun. And the crowd in Minneapolis is just fantastic. Awesome. You couldn't could not ask for better people to be around, just like me as a fan. Um, it always seems like they support the wrestlers and the scene that they have there. Yeah. So bless those fans in Minneapolis. Bless the uh, the first wrestling family. All of those guys are just super dedicated the great people i love fighting with them on twitter (laughs) they are they've been so kind to me the two times i've gone to minneapolis for shows um i went to the mall of america show um decided super last minute to go they were help they helped me get in touch with somebody so that i could get myself a ticket and so kind to me whenever i'm there love the the first wrestling family those and that's, you know, really a testament to, uh, you know, you mentioned Eric Cannon earlier, but he puts on a great show with great wrestlers and performers and builds a very inclusive atmosphere that people want to go to bat for. So. Yeah. And I definitely feel like wrestling for first has made me a better wrestler, like overnight, uh, getting to wrestle Cannon twice now, it's literally a dream come true. Like the first time that we wrestled, he oh. wore the 04 TPI pants out. Uh, he wore the like trash bag slacks with the anarchy symbol on the side. And I cried in the middle of the ring, just full tears. Uh, it was awesome. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I love that. That wrestling can elicit such an emotion in you. So what has been the greatest obstacle that you've overcome in wrestling? Ooh, good question. Um, so to give you a little preface to this story, um, uh, in college, I was a uh, hurdler, pole vaulter, and I threw javelin. Um, I really liked all the super dangerous stuff, so it's no wonder you know, why I love wrestling, too. Um, hmm. How long until we see you in a death match? Eh, I don't like blood. I don't do so well with the blood. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I uh, so as it turns out, uh, those events are really bad for your body. <laughs> um, and so I think the uh, it would have been my sophomore year of college, like the summer after my sophomore year. I uh, I tore my labrum in my right shoulder. Um, I had a, I have a slap tear in my right shoulder. Um, and it is something that has not gone away and it's been, you know, almost four years now. Um, that's why I wear the shoulder brace. It's not just for fun looks. It's like something that I need. Um, and I think that's been my biggest hurdle is because, you know, working injured all the time, you have to rethink a lot of the things that you do in in terms of being in the ring. Um, You have to rethink a lot of like 
the moves that you can do, what you can and can't take. You know, I always tell people I can't do, I can't let them give me head scissors because I'm afraid I'm going to drop them. Uh, so like, it's, you know, things like that, that you have to sort of think of. Um, and so I would definitely say that that's like one of my biggest obstacles is really like having to deal with such a progressive injury and like, I could get it fixed. Yeah. Uh, I finally have health insurance. So that's awesome. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking, you know, towards possibly getting that fixed sometime in the future. But basically the doctors told me like, as long as it doesn't hurt too bad, it can't really get any worse. So like rock and roll, man. And I do, I do rock and roll, but, uh, yeah, I would definitely think that that's one of the biggest obstacles for me in wrestling is just being made of glass and popsicle sticks and scotch tape oh i mean you know i'm sure that when they told you like you can live without having it fixed they did they did they know about the wrestling i'm gonna guess that they didn't uh actually i did tell them about the wrestling and they said like they were like well you know what we're gonna say right and i said that i should stop wrestling and they were like yeah and i said nope Uh uh-uh you'll have to kill me oh well um now that you've just told everybody what your weakness is yeah right um now they can target you in matches Mm -hmm. um if they do this kind of research (laughs) yeah i fiercely defend it though so good luck i have a mean left So if you could have an action figure of yourself and it was one of the speaking action figures, what would you want it to say and what accessories would it come with? Ooh, good question. Um, it would definitely say, uh, it would, okay. So I have this little shirt here. It's my own shirt. I have to wrap my own merch. Uh, I would have it say, thank God I'm not you, uh, which is a fun little, fun little phrase I picked up from a song. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, riding with a wrestling car and like anyone who's done this knows that you cycle through bits just constantly. And like myself and all the coyotes, when we ride together, we just constantly go through bits. So like recently I've been doing a Jesse Ventura impersonation. That's not any good. So I think at this moment, it would probably be me doing a really bad Jesse Ventura impersonation. Um, oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, as for accessories, it would definitely need to have a black baseball trucker hat. Um, because I am always wearing one of those. I'm betraying my own brand right now by not wearing one. Um, it would probably have, um, like a camera of some sort. I'm a big uh, photographer guy. I used to do that in my old job. Um, and then Oh, also it would have a massage gun. If we're talking about like just me and not me as a wrestler, it would have a massage gun uh, because I always have it in my car and I am constantly using it. Uh, It's one of the best Christmas presents I've ever gotten um, was a massage gun. I use it constantly. So like, what would you have for you as a wrestler? Like if you were going to sell this to small children or any children, also a baseball cap, like you have delightful hair. So like you have really very good hair. So don't cover it up. <laughs> okay, as a wrestler, uh, yes. I completely just threw that out the window. I was like, "No, it's I'm I'm cool enough to have one of just me." No, 
as a wrestler, um, it would have my shoulder brace for sure because it's become an iconic part of the of the uh, the series or the, the series the character. Um, it would probably come with a headband because I wear a headband a lot um, to keep the hair out. See the oh, but I hate having it in oh. my face. Um, Sorry, you froze up, and all I got was um something about the hair and yeah. then you froze uh no i'm so, so sorry no i love having my long hair but the problem is i don't like having it in my face so that's why the hat and the you know the the, the headband and the bandanas and what have you um it would definitely have like it, i would probably be rocking some sort of a black and white cutoff t-shirt of some sort, whether it be my own or TDC related. Um, I think that would be sort of the complete set. I'm not much of a hardcore guy, so I don't have any like iconic weapons or anything fun like that. You need like a, a prop of some kind. So, right? Everyone has a prop and I don't have one. Um, I mean, you'll have to think about that on your own. I couldn't think of anything immediately, so. Yeah, maybe it would come with Maybe it would come with the Pro Wrestling Battleground Breakout Championship, which I just recently won. Ah. See? Perfect. Put a belt in there. Yeah. Um, what is the wrestling word that you use most outside of wrestling? Ooh. Um, I think it, it's kind of cliche of me, but I use the word gimmick constantly. Just hey, we're going to the after gimmick or, you know, hey, where's that gimmick at? I need it, you know, like just stuff like that. It just gets slotted in all the time. Um, I use heat and pop relentlessly as well, but I think that gimmick is definitely the one that's like the most widely, it's just such an easy word to throw in when you can't think of a word you're actually trying to say. And with all of the concussions you all get. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to have. That is actually, whenever I ask that question, that is almost always the answer that I get, by the way, is gimmick. <laughs> it's just, it's just such a, util, it's just such a utilitarian word. It can mean anything or nothing. Exactly. Uh, I do say kayfabe a lot when I'm like, hey, kayfabe this, but like, da 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 da. I use that a lot too. Yeah, um, gimmick is probably the most answered answer to that question, but I've also heard pop, heat, kayfabe, and like shoot. Yeah. Oh, I use shoot all the time too. I, I, all of us wrestlers are just like the same. We're all cut and paste. <laughs> like I've picked up saying stuff like that because um, I've been into wrestling like locally for ten years, um, and most of my friends are involved in wrestling at this point in my life I have no other friends and um so I've picked up on it and I use wrestling words outside of wrestling and I'm like oh no no I should not be doing this like what, what happened to my life <laughs> I used to be articulate and well-spoken <laughs> me too oh bless us um so who are you traveling with? Like who's in your wrestle car yeah. most of the time? 
I was going to say, so a lot of the time, uh, it's just me going solo places. Uh, I do a lot of drives by myself. That's because I am located in beautiful Decorah, Iowa, God's country. Uh, but it's in the middle of nowhere. So like, it's not an easy way to meet up with anybody. But like when I am riding with people, um, it's always the coyotes. Uh, it's myself, Christian Rose, Damien Deschain, and we are in the car together all the time together everywhere so i'm sorry you cut out again so you christian rose damien deshane and berna <laughs> that was what i missed yes yeah who could forget berna so i don't think i know who berna is he um he mostly but i know the rest of y'all <laughs> yeah he mostly sticks around in like the illinois scene um you know when you've got a girl and kid you know got to take care of the family first so he can't be irresponsible like the rest of us jerks um but boy howdy does he make an impact when he's there noted i will have to check them out mm -hmm. <laughs> so when you're on the drives whether you're by yourself or with your friends what are you listening to like what are you listening to music or listening to podcasts both like what are you listening to um, so if I'm in the car by myself, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, I, you know, a lot of wrestling podcasts. I just started listening to the Kevin Nash podcast and it's awesome. I love Kevin Nash so much. He's like one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, and, but you know, just some other podcasts, if I'm in the car with other people, especially like with the coyotes, um, if Damien is driving, uh, we are listening to ghost or haunt or some other bullshit uh if rose is driving then we're listening to like actually good music like it it starts out and it's always like the 90s grunge sirius xm channel and then it goes to like the new metal channel uh and then if we get late enough in the evening it goes to like weird wrestling theme song mashups on youtube and then if, if we go even deeper uh, if we get to that, to a later point in the evening, uh, it gets to like weird, obscure wrestling music videos. Um, he has this favorite, it's like a Masawa wrestling video that he plays all the time. He played it this weekend, I think twice. Um, but most of the time you can't hear anything that's playing because we are just yammering the entire time. We do not shut up. <laughs> um that sounds like fun mm -hmm. kind of and um but like when you're by yourself if you decide to listen to music like what like what is like i don't want to say guilty pleasure because i'm not ashamed of anything i listen to but what would be like the most surprising song that, that people would be like oh you listen to that um like i said i always listen to the doors so like that shouldn't be a surprise um i think the most surprising would be um, I listen to a lot of Creed and a lot of Nickelback. Uh, I unironically love Creed and Nickelback. Um, I don't get the hate. Uh, I think it's good music. It's good amp up music. So I listen to that a lot. Um, but I'm also like a big, I've been getting more into, uh, well, actually, I'm a really big fan of this artist Orville Peck. 
Uh, he is like an alternative country artist. He wears a mask. He has his own gimmick. It's awesome. Um, he's the one who I went to go see at First Ave. Uh, and yeah, like Orville Peck is fantastic. I recommend everyone go listen to him. He's this gay cowboy country singer. It's just awesome. He's so good. I like that one of the selling points is that he has his own gimmick. <laughs> and he's hot too. Like a luchador? Uh, no, it's just like the half, half gimmick, but like it is like you can like, tell that he's hot underneath it. Like the Phantom of the Opera? Kind of, yes. It's kind of like okay. a Zorro mask. But it's okay, got like I got you now. It's got fringe down the front of it. It's awesome. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I that's a, like okay. So like I've heard of Orville Peck because I'm on social media, but I've never listened to anything that, that he's done. Not willingly. You gotta. He's great. Uh, his album Bronco just came out earlier this year, and that was the start of my fandom. It's a phenomenal album, front to back. Right on. Alanis Morissette. I always have to plug her. Jagged Little Pill might be my favorite album of all time. Look, that album came out when I was like 12. And I was a real bitchy teenager. So I played that out when I was a bitchy teenager. My bitchy teenager years. (laughs) Um... So when you're on the road, you're driving from place to place. I am a Snackosaurus Rex. I love snacks. I like, I love shopping for snacks. Um, I like going to different gas stations and different places to get different snacks. What, like, what are your go-to snacks? Yeah. So I'm always stopping at a quick trip or a quick star or a Casey's if they're around. Um, my go-to snack is usually, um, if I need caffeine, it's a Monster Zero Ultra. It's the white one. Delicious. My favorite. Um, I'm getting a bag of chips. Usually whatever the cheapest bag I can find of barbecue chips is. Uh, I'm getting a Reese's Fast Break because those are fantastic. Uh, uh, and then if I need some sort of food, usually at like a, a, a quick trip or a quick start, I'm getting just like your basic hot you know, cheeseburger right off the hot plate warmer thing. Uh, yeah, it's my go-to. I can't ever go wrong with that. If it's getting later in the day, I, I usually switch to some gummy worms. Big gummy worm guy. Do you have a favorite brand of gummy worm? I mean, the straight up trolley ones are so good. Um, the Quick Trip branded ones aren't bad either. They have a little bit of a, a distinctive taste to them, but they're pretty good. So I'm going to... Fat girl, love snacks. Um, Albanese. Oh, okay. 10, 10 would recommend. They have like 12 different flavors in there. Ooh, okay. Now you've got and, me hooked. And you can find them at most gas stations. Any right. of the good ones. I'm interested. I'm, I'm driving a lot right now for work. So like, stopping at a lot of gas stations. Pick up, pick up the gummy worms. Um, by Albanese. Will do. And then report back with what you think. <laughs> I will do that. I think they have the best chew. They're very soft. 
<laughs> um, when you're wrestling, what is your favorite move to take and what is your favorite move to give? Ooh. Um, I love taking a real good like backdrop driver. Uh, it is probably not the safest thing uh, in the world uh, to take, uh, but I feel like I take a pretty good one. Um, I think my favorite move to give, I love throwing super kicks. Uh, when I was a kid, Shawn Michaels was my guy, so I practiced super kicks all the time. Um, but I also have started doing this, uh, this backstabber out of the corner, like when they're hung up on the ropes. And I like doing that a lot too. It's just a fun, like, yeah. And then you pull them down. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Do you have any pre-match rituals? Um, I will usually try to stretch and just warm up as much as I can before a match. Uh, I always do. I had this drill that I learned from a Tommaso Ciampa seminar that I uh, attended, uh, where you uh, jump on your right foot 10 times, on your left foot 10 times, and then both feet 10 times, and then you do a bunch of like squat jumps. Um, and so that is like very much a, I have to do this before I go out. Um, yeah, I would say that like, yeah, my warm up routine is definitely one of those things where like, if I haven't warmed up before I go out, I feel just like an absolute wreck. Oh, well, I'm glad that you found something that works for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any hidden talents? Ooh. Um. Hmm. I, uh, I'm a graphic designer. Uh, I design all of my own merch uh, and all of the Coyotes merch and some show posters every now and again. Um, that's kind of a hidden talent. Uh, I can sing all right. Uh, I was on a vocal scholarship at when I went to college. Um, so yeah, I sang in choirs and stuff. So I can kind of sing. I can hold a tune. Um, but as far as hidden talents go, not a whole lot. I'm pretty, uh, I am a pretty plain person. Oh, well, I mean, I can't graphic design, so I would call that a, a, a talent that you have. It's not hidden anymore because you told us about it, but right. it's, it's an outage talent. Yeah, <laughs> which now everyone's going to like see everything that I put out and go, oh God, he's so bad at this. Before they could just blame the three graphic designer. The graphic designer is you. <laughs> if you could go back in time to yourself as a 10 year old, what would you tell a 10 year old version of yourself? Hmm. Uh, I would tell a 10 year old me to start taking uh, working out more seriously. Like when I become a teenager, um, I would also say, hey, avoid pole vault and avoid throwing javelin. Take care of your shoulders, please. And just like be generally more in touch with your health. Um, but also I think that um, I would talk 
you know, I, I think I would reveal some things that would happen later in my life and just be like, hey, these are some things to look out for. Uh, they're going to suck real bad, but here's how they can suck less. Um, I give myself a little bit of that buffer, you know what I'm saying? Yourself ahead that cheating is telling your future, yeah, is telling your past self about bad things that are going to happen. Is that cheating? No. Okay, great. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, you would still have to take them to heart, and maybe you would, and maybe you wouldn't. You don't know. Exactly. <laughs> um. So if Connor, if if there was a Connor Hopkins scented candle, what would it smell like? Ooh. It would probably smell like lavender. Um, lavender is one of my favorite scents. It's in my deodorant. Um, it's in my soap. Um, yeah, it would probably be some sort of lavender and maybe like a sandalwood to give it, you know, a nice bold aroma. Uh, and it would also be one of those woodwick candles uh, because those are the absolute best. I do like like the like the campfire crackle of them. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So what is the biggest animal that you could take in a fight with just your hands, no weapons, and you can pretend it's attacking you so that you don't have to fight a defenseless animal for no reason? Uh, is it weird if I would say I would almost prefer if it was defenseless because then I know I could take it? Um, no. Some people just have moral qualms about it. I don't. <laughs> uh, um, I think, so like in Decora, we have this really unique thing where the deer are super comfortable around people. Um, like literally it's like waking up in a like Snow White movie. Um, there are deer just constantly like, and, and you can walk up to them and they literally don't flinch. Like they, so I think that I could just tackle a deer and take um i know that it would probably not go my way immediately but i like to think that i could tackle like a decent medium-sized deer nice yes yeah. i would say in my weight class deer give or take five pounds so um when it comes to wrestling especially with traveling and going different places and you're kind of all over the place and the Midwest is special sometimes. Um, you have to have either one of these, one or both of these two things. One, you have a travel story where something really funny happened or exciting, or you almost died. Mm. B, you also may or may not have a story where you get, you, you, you get booked on a show, you get to the show, you look around and go, what the fuck did I get myself into? So if you have one or both of those stories, I would love to hear them. And you can go ahead and censor any names that you need to um, to protect other individuals. Yeah. Um, so my travel story of almost dying, because uh, this one's fun. I have a, a couple that were like real scary, but not quite near death, but one that was like certainly could have been much worse. Um, I was driving back from a show in Milwaukee last summer um and my schedule that week was like i don't remember where i was friday or no it this was the friday show yeah so this was the friday show um i was driving i had driven to milwaukee that day which is about a four-hour drive for me 
Um, and I was in the middle of driving back after the show. Uh, it's about midnight, 1 a.m. at this point. And I'm trying to merge traffic uh, into, you know, another lane or, or like off the ramp uh, heading around Madison, Wisconsin. Um, and all of a sudden traffic up like super fast, like into standstill traffic as I'm coming down this ramp. And so the person, two people in front of me slams on their brakes, which causes the person in front of me to slam on their brakes. Uh, so I slam on my brakes and they lock up and I just slam into the back of this car. Uh, and it was like, it was one of those things where had I gone, like, had I swerved either way, I would have been like down, either down a hill one way or out into the middle of traffic the other way. Um, and so thankfully I just piled into this car in front of me. It's weird to say thankfully. Um, and like my car just looked absolutely awful uh, after it. Um, there's pictures of it on my Twitter. They're dark, but yeah. Um, but her car, all that happened is like her like plastic fender piece just kind of like came off. So I grabbed some like athletic tape out of my gear bag and I taped her bumper back on uh, <laughs> because she was going to work. She was a nurse and she was on like second or third shift or whatever and was headed into work. And I was like, well, we have to get you to work. So I taped her bumper back on and she took off. And then I'm sitting there like, well, I hope nothing's like too broken. Like the headlight was smashed in, but the light still worked and like the hood was all messed up. And I was worried about it like flying up. So I tried to like tape the hood down too. Uh, and then yeah, drove the remaining three hours home just praying the entire time that nothing awful happened because I don't know about you. I don't want to be stuck in rural Wisconsin at, you know, 2 AM on a Sunday, uh, stranded. Like there was nothing open. So it was like very much like a, I have to make it home. Otherwise I'm sleeping in my car tonight. Oh. Um, and then thankfully, thankfully I made it home without incident. Uh, and then had to drive to Omaha the next day. Uh, yeah, that was my first so, time at Magnum was, uh, the day after that accident. So that was a lot of fun. Well, I mean, I'm glad that you survived. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because otherwise I probably would have never seen you. Yeah. So what a delight. Uh, I'm glad, glad you made it. <laughs> and, uh, as for a show where I showed up and was just kind of like, what in the fuck is going on um i uh i was on a show it would have been the beginning of 2021 i believe it would have been like january of 2021 um i was on a show because like they still really nobody really was running you know live shows yet they were still doing a lot of taped stuff uh this company kind of near me in illinois uh was like, hey, we're gonna bring in a bunch of people. Uh, we're gonna do like TV tapings. Apparently this company may or may not have had a fight TV deal or whatever. Um, and so we show up to the building. We were told the call time was 9 a.m. 9 a.m. call time for this show, for this series of TV tapings. And so we show up to this 
to this building and it is an old elementary school that was in the middle of being renovated. And so we pull up and go, okay. And this was in the bad part of a, uh, of a city that is pretty nationally renowned as being not a safe place to be. Uh, so there was that added measure of like, okay, well, hope nothing bad happens. But anyway, so we go into the school or whatever. And again, it's January. Uh, the school has no heat, no heat whatsoever. Um, and also, I don't think any running water either. So, like, they set up a ring and everything. It was this six-sided ring uh, in the middle of this gymnasium. Uh, and literally, you could see your breath as you were wrestling. Like, you would walk in and could, like, see your breath. So, tapings, so we were, we got there at 9. Tapings did not start until, I think, almost 1 p.m., uh, I wrestled one match. It was eh, fine. Uh, I tagged with uh, Anakin Murphy. That was the first time me and Murph ever got to like work together in any capacity. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I wrestled one time is around three or 4pm. Uh, and then we didn't leave until like six or seven. Um, and yeah, I don't remember if we got paid or not. Um, I would like to assume that we got paid, but I'm still kind of like, I don't remember if we did. Uh, and then I never saw the footage because it never aired anywhere. So yeah, that was a real big, like, consistent, what the fuck is going on all day? So were there a lot of wrestlers at this show? Yes, there were. Because this is the second week in a row I've heard about this. Wait, who else talked about it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is the third or fourth time overall, but this is definitely the second week in a row I've heard of <laughs> I don't know if they said it. I'm not going to say any names because I'm <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it wasn't great. It really yeah. wasn't. I talked to the Squatting Dragons last week. Um, So that is Aaron Wade and Coach Cody Manhorn out of the Chattanooga area. Hmm. I don't know if they were there. Maybe this is a different story. And the fact that there's a same story happening just says so much about indie wrestling. Or maybe they cold, were there. Cold and six-sided ring. Okay. And they not release are like my three big triggers, but I think y'all were at the show. I, I was just, <laughs> I was so miserable the entire day that I just kind of huddled in a corner and didn't talk to anybody. Yeah, it was real nice. <laughs> I need to see this. <laughs> but somehow, um, somehow somebody saw it because they DM'd me like later that week and were like, here are the things that I liked and didn't like about your tag match. And I was like, how have you seen this? I haven't even seen this. I'll see if... Yeah. I was, can find this. <laughs> yeah. After we're done recording, I'm going to ask you what company it was for. But okay. I'm pretty sure that I know. <laughs> yeah. Good that time. is great. If I could, like, if 
if I really just had like the technical know-how and just the time really to do it, I would love to clip everybody's stories together. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> That's so funny. In like another five years, we're going to put together a documentary of just one of the darkest days in wrestling. The I, I was like, I bet this is the same. And when you said six-sided ring, I was like, oh, there's not too many places to have one of those. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's so fantastic. <laughs> so much. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> sure, Val, laugh. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> There's usually like once per show, I just crack up about something and I just, I, I really have to maintain composure. And just the <laughs> fact that I've got to hear about this so many times, so many times. <laughs> I'm glad it was at least noteworthy for, you know, one thing or another. <laughs> um, if this was just out in the world here, if this is your tournament, if you booked this and you have the footage, DM me on Twitter. It is at Val Pancakes. I need to see this somehow, some way, get this released. Um, clearly, it's very well, well talked about. Um, please hit me up. <laughs> Good luck. That's gone to Fight TV, apparently, or whatever. <laughs> it's fighting for TV. <laughs> Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> so um, just have a few more questions and then we'll be wrapping up for the night. But um, how do you take your pancakes? What do you like in them and on them? Ooh, okay. Um, if it's just straight up pancakes, uh, I always with butter and syrup, have to, got to. Uh, if I can get a chocolate chip pancake, I'm getting a chocolate chip pancake. Uh, if I can get a bacon pancake, I'm going to rock and roll with that. I'll only have like one or two because they're a lot. But like if I can get a good chocolate chip pancake just covered in syrup, like I'm taking it that way nine times out of ten. Excellent choice. Mm -hmm. I approve. <laughs> so I'm going to take you on like a little mental journey. So if you just want to just like just take the ride with me. Perfect. I can tell you're just ready for it. So pretend that you're hungry and you go to the store and you want something sweet and you're kind of like walking around, like looking at all the different stuff and you decide you, you turn down one of the aisles and there's cookies and you're like, I love cookies. I'm going to get cookies. Right. And you look at the wall of cookies and there's like chocolate chip and peanut butter and like the fancy, like um, the fancy cookies. And you don't want any of those. You want America's favorite cookie, which is the Oreo. And so you go to the section where all the Oreos are and you're like, no, no, no. I don't want any of the weird flavors they have. I don't need lemon or watermelon or whatever funky thing they have going on. You want OG like chocolate cookie, white cream Oreo, mm -hmm. but like you still have options, right? Mm -hmm. So are you picking the thin Oreo? Are you picking the single stuffed Oreo? Are you picking the double stuffed Oreo or are you picking the mega stuffed Oreo? Give me the big one. I'll eat a whole sleeve of those with no remorse. So you're a mega stuff guy? Give me guy? the most stuff you have. Yeah. Like, uh, my grandma used to send me, like, the packages of the most stuff Oreos when I was in college as, like, a care package. 
Aww. And one day I looked at just like some of the nutrition information just to be like, hey, what's going on here? And like one cookie was like a hundred calories. So I realized that after sitting down and eating an entire row of them, I had eaten like 1300 calories in the span of like three minutes. And oh. I was like, oh no, <laughs> this has to stop. But like, I'd do it again. I won't hesitate. Yeah, most stuff all day. Okay. Okay. The the unofficial correct answer to that question is the double stuff, but I'm not going to hate on you for picking the most stuff. Have all the stuff. The ones I think are weird are the people that pick the thins. Yeah. No. Why would you pick the thin? Like no one's favorite part of the Oreo is the, the cracker part. That's who's, who's doing this? Who's buying these? Right. You might as well just get like chocolate teddy grams if you're going to do that. Exactly. Or just like, I don't know, grow up and eat an Oreo like an adult. I don't know. Who's to say, really? You know, I guess that leaves more stuff for the rest of us. Or I don't know. you're worried about like the size of the Oreo and like the health benefits of Oreos. Just don't eat Oreos. It's there's no health benefit to Oreos. No, it's made with lard. What else <laughs> do you know that's made with lard these days? Like, <laughs> are they still made with lard? I don't know. Someone told me that like 15 years ago and I've just been running with it ever since. I was going to say, I think they've switched because I think they are technically vegan now, but I could be wrong on that. Oreos are vegan. I could, I could be mistaken, but I just don't think that I am. I don't know. I'm not vegan. I'll eat whatever. I don't care. I hate garbage. Are you kidding me? Look at me. (laughs) If Oreos are vegan now, then I have had days where I have been on a completely vegan diet. And I'm proud to say that I am just so much healthier than my peers because of that. Uh, (laughs) So this question comes from our VIP Vic. When we did lives, he would always ask this question. Since we don't do lives anymore, I asked the question for Vic. So who do you think has the best gear of all time that can be in-ring, entrance, however you want to look at it? Oh, man. Um, I think in terms of in-ring, I am an absolute sucker for the, like, tights and singlet. I love it. I love it so much. I think Bret Hart had some of the best gear of all time. Um, Just the way that he would play on, you know, just the pink and black and white. Uh, I think Brett had some amazing gear, especially when he started rocking like the paint splatter stuff. Absolutely. Um, I think Sean, when he was in his like peak, fuck you, I'm Sean Michaels era with all the like fun jackets and shit and him getting like stuck in the grates on Raw and stuff. That gear is phenomenal for entrance gear, the chaps and the whole weird chainmail thing. Um, I think as far as like basics go, Rob Van Dam, I loved his singlets. The airbrushed look is great. Uh, and Cheap Plug, I got to meet him recently, so that was really cool. I told him how much I loved his singlets. He did not care. Uh, was that at the first show? Yeah. It was that all record show? I ran the, I, I helped out with the fan fest the night before and 
did photos for his line. So got to talk with him Aww. and Jerry Lynn, which by the way, Jerry Lynn, absolute sweetheart, just love him to death. Um, but I think, I think the true like person who I'm always like, yep, that's good gear is Chris Jericho, especially in the early 2000s. He was always rocking something just out there. Crazy. Awesome. Love it to death. I, I always try to design stuff that looks like him and fail miserably. So like, good for him. Excellent choices. Since you had like five. Uh, it's really, I'm, I'm a big gear guy. Uh, I didn't even list Kevin Nash. Cause like, I love Kevin Nash's gear, but it's really not all that stylish. Like, yeah, I, it's yeah. I'm a gear guy and it's, it's hard to pick just one. Well, that's fair. I mean, and there's kind of like two schools of thought, like, you, you have like your Rob Van Dams, which have very unique gear, but then you have people that will say like Stone Cold, because even though it's very simple, you know, jean shorts, little black trunks, a vest, like, you know that that's Stone Cold. If someone threw those items at you, you would know what, what voice to go into. Like, yeah, totally. Absolutely. <laughs> so there's something to be said about like the simplicity and having it be attributed to you specifically, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. So now we are at the point in the evening where you tell me what upcoming shows you have. I would love to. Uh, so by the time this comes out, I will already have wrestled um, Axel Rico at Dreamwave Wrestling. Um, but more Dreamwave dates are getting announced. They're on the website. Uh, so check out Dreamwave Wrestling. Um, coming up this next weekend, I'll be at Zawa Live. In Prophetstown, Illinois, uh, fun little show going on there. Uh, I have some dates with uh, First Wrestling coming up. I think in November, um, I'll be debuting at the Uptown VFW, which I'm super excited about. Um, yeah, I, and uh, Journey Pro obviously has dates coming up. Um, there's a little bit of weirdness going on in the Twin Cities right now. Some promotions taking a break, so. Um, I won't be up there as much, but I'm trying to expand more into Illinois again. Uh, Rocket Pro Wrestling is always the first weekend of every month. I'll be there November 5th. Um, gosh, it's hard to, if I don't have a calendar in front of me, I kind of forget where I'm going. I just kind of look at the calendar, get the directions, punch it in and go. Um, but yeah, definitely check out First Wrestling, Rocket Pro Wrestling, Zawa Live. Um, those are the the big ones that I can name right off the top of my head. Dreamwave, of course, uh, but Dreamwave I don't think is coming back, back until December. I think they're doing uh, just like every other month for right now. Right on. And I know that you mentioned Journey Pro. I saw you last week in a Journey Pro in a delightful little scramble. Um, if you haven't seen it, do go check it out. You did win. I was so excited too. I was like, hey, I'm a big strong I'm- boy. That was a very, I was like a little bit concerned. I was like, oh, but you pulled it off well. So if you want to know what we're talking about, um, go find the Journey Pro Show from last weekend. Yeah, I believe twitch.tv slash journey, the number two anarchy uh, is the way that you can view that. I know that they keep the shows up there for a little bit, but you better go check it out ASAP because they do pull them after a certain amount of time. Yes, and you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna watch that show. I was there; it was great. The whole show was fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
if you, I'm, I am on the hard cam shot just off to the left. I thought I would be out of hard cam. I unfortunately was not. So you can watch me sit there the whole time. <laughs> Exciting stuff. <laughs> so, and now we're at the point where I go, where can people find you? Do you have Twitter, Instagram, a Facebook fan account? YouTube, Twitch, Patreon, OnlyFans, TikTok, merch store, plug everything. Let the people find you. I would love to. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at Hopper2017. Uh, I made the Twitter handle when I was in high school. I really need to change it to something. I'm trying to unify the branding a little bit more, you know, be a professional. Um, but until that day, you can find me at Hopper2017 on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram um at connor underscore hopkins 98 on instagram um once again real original made that in high school or junior high or something uh you can follow me on facebook i do have a, a wrestling page there it's connor hopkins dash professional wrestler or at ch wild child um you can follow those damn coyotes on facebook uh, just look up those damn coyotes on Facebook. We're there. Um, I don't have a merch website yet. I'm still working on that. Uh, I'm going to get something figured out here. I have way more merch designs than I have time or money to print. So I would love just an online store so that people can buy them. Um, I came up with this really dumb shirt idea last night and I cannot wait for people to see it. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I also always have to plug, um, uh, I made a documentary. It's a short subject documentary film uh, titled Debut. You can view that on Vimeo by searching Debut 2021. Uh, it's by yours truly. It was a senior project uh, for college. Uh, you can also find it on YouTube by looking up De Debut uh, uh, because it was on Iowa PBS this year, uh, which is really cool. I got wrestling on PBS. Um, yeah, I think I think as far as plugs go, that's enough for right now. If there's more things that pop up, hey, check out one of those things. I'm probably promoting it there. So you cut out a little bit. Where can people find the um, the documentary on YouTube? Yeah. So if you look up uh, debut Iowa PBS the Film Lounge, it's some combination of those. Uh, there's a cutesy little interview uh, with me before it. Um, I'm Aww. in a boot cause I had just like completely destroyed my foot and ankle like two weeks prior. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a short little watch. It's only about 17 minutes. It's about my good friend, Damien Deschain, uh, becoming a wrestler. So, Aww. Yeah. that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. I like Damien. He's a good kid. <laughs> He's, He's been right. at Magnum. He's been at Magnum a couple of times, so. But thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. It was a lot of fun. Um, everybody go check out Connor at all the places he's already told you about. Thank you for listening. This has been The Stack. I'm Val Pancakes. This is Connor Hopkins. And thank you for listening. And thank you, Connor, for hanging out. Thank you, Val. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>